Welcome to Footnotes, the Roar podcast where we explore the stories in and around the McGill Library and Archives. Nothing is off topic. We share stories from our collections that are off the wall, out of the box, off the shelves, from us to you, wherever you get your podcast. We have short pods like this one, called Footnotes, and longer pieces called Voices from the Footnotes. Look for these on the website. While the library doors have been closed due to COVID-19, the library staff have been busy. This is the series where we get to know the people behind the desk, or, in the case of the pandemic, behind the screens. Join us as we meet the librarians, archivists, and staff at Roar, the rare collections at the McGill Libraries and Archives. Before we begin, we acknowledge that McGill University is situated on the traditional territory of the Ganyagahaga, a place which has long served as a site of meeting and exchange amongst nations. We recognize and respect the Ganyagahaga as the traditional custodians of the lands and waters on which we meet today. Today we will hear from Natalie Cook, a professor in the Department of English and the Associate Dean of Roar at McGill Libraries. Roar stands for Rare Books and Special Collections, the Osler Library, History of Medicine, Archives, and Records Management. Okay, I'm Natalie Cook. Um, I'm a professor in the English Department at McGill, um, and I'm also the Associate Dean at McGill Library in charge of a configuration of rare and special collections units. So d- describe to me your earliest memory of, a, of going to the library or a library. This is way, way back now. So when I was, when I was a little girl, I lived in Duncan on Vancouver Island. Um, and there was a library very close to City Hall. Um, And I remember going into it and being quite shocked at what a modern building it was. Um, My school had old buildings and it was a modern building with air conditioning and um, heat. It was actually warm in the winter Um, and and you could go and you could find the books. And it was very, very quiet, which was very different from our school library, which was just a room where we were made tons of noise and the librarian did her best to make us read. And the Duncan Library was just absolutely quiet and it was on the way home. And I went there just to be there, really. I I was never all that interested in reading as a little girl. Uh, And when was the first time that you used archives? Uh, Now, that's an interesting question, because now that I'm in the library, I have a very special notion of what archives really are. Um, So if you'd asked me that three years ago, I would have said... um, I used archives as a graduate student because I wanted to look at um, original documents and see if they corresponded to what I was being told in secondary literature. So were the history books lying? Did they actually tell me about what really happened? And I figured the only way I could do that was to go back and take a look at letters that people sent back and forth. So I considered those archives. And in fact, when I took the job in the library, I was still thinking of my work as largely archival. I've, I've done a couple of facsimile editions. Um, but I now know that there's quite a distinction between, say, um, institutional records, which fall under the archives, 
um, and also historical fonds, which fall under the archives section of the university, and papers and correspondence that are actually part of the rare and special collections units. So um, I used uh, archives, but I think what I was really doing was looking at special collections. Okay. Well, I, I think your early notion of archives is probably the general notion of mm. archives. I mean, that, that is also in some ways my notion. I was a Renaissance scholar. And so late medieval, early Renaissance, I remember going to the rare books library first at Thomas Fisher, oh, yeah. wearing the white gloves, yes. you know, um, getting to hold these pretty amazing books. But I didn't know that there was anything beyond that, um, beyond the letters in the books. Um, can I go back to a previous question? The first sure. library I visited. The other way in which things are changing is how we see the role of the library in the community. So the reason that library was a new building was because in the 1960s, a number of um, uh, communities were actually destroyed. Think of Africville in the Maritimes. In Duncan, it was Chinatown that was destroyed completely leveled. And in its place, they built a modern city hall and a complex that included this very modern library. Um, many years later, they took the wood from the Chinatown and they constructed um, a small community about 20 minutes out, outside Duncan, a retail community. It's very quaint and it's very pretty. But every time um, we, we drive by that now, we remember essentially what happened in the 1960s and we hope would never happen again. Look to the show notes on our website for additional material and to explore the projects that the Roar team has been working on. Our title song called Happy Sandbox was composed by Mativ and sourced from freesound.org. You can find all the credits in our show notes. Thank you to Professor Natalie Cook, director of this project at Team Roar, and Jacqueline Sunberg, associate producer. I'm Sheetha Lodia, host and producer for this episode. Thanks for listening. <laughs>